and welcome to the Les Represent podcast, the podcast about everything lesbian and lady-loving queer and everything in that spectrum. Today I have a super special guest. I'm so glad she's here to join me today and I'm going to let her introduce herself. Hi everybody. My name is Vanessa Hennessy and I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Yay! Um, <laughs> I Yeah, so I don't know where to start uh, with an introduction about myself which those were words that made sense those are um, the hardest things to do is introduction of yourself like people still don't know what my name is on this podcast and that is a completely because I don't know how to introduce myself <laughs> that is okay um it's your podcast you can do what you want so I am also a podcaster um I'm working on a few different podcasts at a time and I also am a podcast producer and editor for a few people a few clients um, I am, I was going to say I'm a student, but I'm not. I actually just finished my second degree in communication. Congratulations. At, thank you. I, um, now have a post-baccalaureate in communication. At, Those are words. Uh, oh, I know. It's like, basically it's like between a bachelor and a master's. So I don't know, but it's called a post-baccalaureate. Wow. And my university that I did that at is Simon Fraser University here in uh, Canada. I have a business called Creating Space Communications, and that's where I do a lot of my podcast work, but I also have a hobby podcast called Not Another X-Files Podcast Podcast. Yes, there are two podcasts in the title. And um, I, my co-host Carolyn and I basically talk about episodes of the X-Files and have a lot of fun doing it, so there's that. Um, and then... Uh, I don't know what else to say. My partner and I just got married in March. Also, congratulations. Pretty, thank you. It's pretty exciting. Though, honestly, it didn't change a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but we had a big Harry Potter-themed wedding, and we had people oh come God. from literally all around the world to Vancouver to celebrate, and it was amazing. And I still just feel warm fuzzies when I think about it. So that was awesome. Oh, you're um, in the honeymoon stage. I hope it stays. I hope it stays forever. Thanks. I don't... Yeah, I guess we'll see. <laughs> I guess we'll see. I don't know. But, I was, it, oh, gosh. I just, like, jumped in on you. What Did you have something okay. else? I was just going to say that my um, actual honeymoon isn't happening until Christmas, so... I mean, at least you're getting a honeymoon, which is fantastic. Yeah, we're going to try to go to Mexico. <laughs> Hopefully Woo! that'll work out. Yeah. And Christmas, um, and too. Yes. Well, I mean, it's going to be cold up here. So we're like, we need to go somewhere warm. Um, and then the other thing I was just going to say is um, before we started recording, you were talking, you were asking me if I'm in Vancouver, Canada or Vancouver, Washington, and I'm in Vancouver, Canada. Um, and then we were just, you were like, oh, do you have dual citizenship? And I'm like, wait, 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 I'll just, I'll just uh, say that during my introduction. So I am from lots of different places. I was born in the States. I mostly grew up in Colorado, but I was born in Seattle. I have German citizenship, and I speak German fluently, and I've been to Germany many times. Oh, my goodness. And then in 2006, I decided to come to Canada for university and basically never left. So I am not a citizen in Canada yet, but I'm a permanent resident. So there you go. Holy cow. You have <laughs> a lot going on. Like, I don't I was know. I also telling you earlier that my dad is from Texas, which is where you are. So I know. It's like. All over the place. It's like, I don't even know where to start unpacking all of that. Like, you, like, <laughs> there's, there's the three podcasts and like, you have no multiple languages and, you know, you're recently 
anyway, you there's so much you have so much going on. For I would like to ask a series of questions, and all of them are how? <laughs> how do you have the time? <laughs> Um, well, I will say that I have a lot more time now that I'm done with school. Um, when I was in school, I was juggling having a part-time job, doing my podcast business, um, planning a wedding, uh, doing the school thing, trying to exercise and stuff like that. And basically trying not to go crazy. So now that school is done, um, there are other things going on. Like my partner and I are planning on moving at the end of the summer to a different province, but I still, despite that, even though I know that's going to be super busy, I just like still feel like I have so much more time in my life. Like I just, school was great and amazing and I learned such great things and I'm really glad that I got through it, but I also feel like it kind of was holding me back in some ways. So bittersweet. I mean, mean, (laughs) wow. Like, yeah. And running your own business at the same t- like I don't as I said, we'll just go back to my series of questions, which are how. Um that's <laughs> well that's I will a say lot. that my business is not like a full time thing right now. Like I'd love for it to be in the future, but um it has been pretty part time. So it's not like I was running, you know, a huge business while being in school or something. Like it's uh yeah, but it's a lot of hustle. It's been a lot of hustle. Absolutely. Like, a lot of business yeah. is, like, 90% hustle anyway. So, <laughs> I mean, I can barely go to work where I'm not really doing – well, <sighs> rephrase. I'm not getting the money, but I'm doing the hustle. Yeah. And and I barely have – like, I looked downstairs, and I was just like, oh, I still have to do dishes. <laughs> oh, I just, like, I where do I find time to do the chores and just do my regular long-ass demanding job? Um, that sentence fell apart real fast. I understand. <laughs> I was like, "How? Oh gosh." Okay, so let let's let's do this step by step. <laughs> okay. And let's go into how did you get into podcasting? Like, where did that love spark from? So that actually came from my partner, who is now my spouse. But I still call my partner my partner a lot. I don't know why, but um. I mean, I'm my... from Texas. I hear partner all the time. And this is the best <laughs> way to use it. <laughs> so my partner and I were not together yet. We were just friends. And Oh, my God. That's how um, it starts. I know, right? And they were doing – they decided to start doing a podcast. Actually, two podcasts because they're crazy. Oh, my God. And so God. the first one was um, about Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and they're still doing that podcast. And then the other one was one about the X-Files with our friend – Carolyn. And so I joined as a, well, I was a guest on the X-Files podcast because I love the X-Files. I've always been a huge fan. Um, And so I started as a guest and then apparently what happened is I left um, the day that I was a guest and they looked at each other and they were like, "Um, is this our third co-host? So (laughs) so they asked me if I wanted to be a co-host and I was like, yeah, I do. That's so nice. So um, I ended up joining the podcast and then my partner actually started like stepped away from the X-Files podcast because they just weren't really like enjoying the X-Files. It wasn't really their thing and it wasn't that they didn't like pod. Go ahead. ahead. I was like, how do you be on a podcast? And it's, like you, it's about a subject that's not your thing. Like, wow. Well, the premise was kind of like they had never seen the X Files before, and um, 
that was kind of the, the thing. And then they kind of were like, well, I'm not really enjoying this show, but you guys love it. Like me and my Oh my goodness. Um, and we were like, so eventually they just, they stepped back and, um, now it's just me and Carolyn. So we've gone through some, some evolutions. Um, and we've been around for four years. Wait, what is 2019? 20, yeah, four years. <laughs> Sorry, I just think about that. So yeah, we've been around a while, and we're um, there are a few X Files podcasts out there, but we're one of the rare ones that is still around. <laughs> I understand. I mean, like they keep they keep popping out uh, new yeah. X Files stuff. Like we have thoughts on that. Of course. <gasps> My mother is an absolute huge X Files fan. I yeah. You might be talking to the wrong person. I maybe made it through the first season and then had to stop because I, I like to binge things. And the X-Files is just not something you can binge when you're in a house by yourself most of the time. It's, it's just also not a super bingeable show anyway because it was like super obvious that it was written for the 90s when you were waiting every week to watch it sort of thing. So, um, yeah, and there were some episodes that stuff happened and I just could not figure out what was going on but i mean oh, that yeah. might have been just because like my my immature brain could not grasp it all but i was always amazed with how they can make that show scary off of like a 90s budget and like yeah. effects because that that was always well, the biggest thing to me is that i can't watch started... more than three episodes at a time because it scares me <laughs> yeah they started getting more money too because they started getting more popular so Anyway, if you want to hear all of our, like, opinions on the X-Files, listen to our podcast, because this is stuff we talk about all the time. Absolutely. Um, and this is not an X-Files podcast that we're this doing is, today. This so. is not an X-Files podcast. <laughs> but I mean, it could be if you wanted it to be. I mean, I couldn't give you much info, because literally, I, I think I got up to, like, the second return of Tombs, and I just, I mm. stopped, I just, yeah. I just couldn't go yeah. with it anymore because it was getting hard to sleep at night <laughs> and he's like a particularly creepy one so. oh my gosh and he was like yeah. one of the first ones that you were just like whoa like yeah. immediately um, yeah absolutely god such good writing i don't know where it fell apart you could probably tell me where it fell apart <sighs> i'm not even sure either <laughs> it's like things start falling apart but then there's other things that are still really great so it's kind of like it's just a weird mishmash of weird it's just like but i still love it that's good that's that's yeah. the best part is making sure that you love it i couldn't yeah for i sure. couldn't imagine and my my co-host and i have said like we're doing this to have fun so mm -hmm. when it stops being fun then we'll talk about not doing it anymore right like yeah absolutely i get that and what are the other podcasts that you do since that's one of them so there's a podcast, um, you were talking about how I do all the things. Like well, how? <laughs> there is a um, term that uh, I discovered in a TED Talk by somebody named Emily Wapnick, I think is how you say her last name. And she is a multi-potentialite, and she did this TED Talk about being a multi-potentialite. And that is somebody who has lots of different interests that don't seem to don't seem to necessarily have anything to do with each other. They need um, a TED talk and, about that. Yeah, she kind of. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't even remember what it was called. I think it was. Uh, I can't remember what it was called, but everybody should just go look it up, or I can send you a link if you want to put it in show notes or whatever you want to do. But I um, do. Okay. Uh, she basically talks in this TED talk about how sometimes people don't just sort of settle on one thing and they have lots of varied interests and that that's okay. And that that can be 
you know, more interesting and, and you can kind of figure out how to work within that. And so um, she started a, um, a forum online called the Putty Tribe. And the idea is like, that's another word for like somebody who's a multi-potentialite is like a putty peep, like a putty person, somebody who can be like putty and is kind of like moldable and like, you know, can change and can kind of like fit into different situations, kind of like that. So um, on this forum, I discovered that they actually, uh, there was this team of people that had met on this forum and they were producing a podcast about multi-potentiality. And I was like, I want to be part of that. So it's basically a team of people and we're all over the world. There's like, one of us is in Europe, another one is in Quebec, another one is Holy in cow. Ontario, and I'm in Vancouver, and we've had this one guy who does show notes for us, like, travels the world, is basically a nomad, um, and it's so cool because we have this podcast team that's international, and yet we can still create a podcast, like, that's really cool, so that's one that I'm you know, I don't do every episode, but that's the great thing about having that team is that we take turns and we take, you know, take over a topic that's interesting to us. Um, and yeah, so that's called the multipod. If anybody wants to go check it out, it's a lot of fun. That sounds like um, a lot of fun. That sounds like you're diving into something new every week. Pretty much. Yeah, it's pretty great. Um, and then the place where I have my part-time job is um, an organization trying to think of the best like short version of this, but an organization that is funded by the Canadian government to advance um, and to sort of raise awareness about the fact that the STEM fields don't have a lot of diversity in them. So that's science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. And um, we do lots of programs and lots of things to kind of like um, get those underrepresented groups more visible or do training in, uh, in organizations to um, encourage more diversity. And we write a lot of blog posts and we have a social media presence and we have a podcast. So this podcast is called um, Best of the West, which is W-W-E-S-T, which is the acronym for the organization I work for. And we basically interview women mostly um, and other like experts in diversity um, in STEM, in science, technology, engineering, and math, and just kind of talk to these people about like what their lives are like. Um, and we sort of have a series of questions that we ask and just sort of try to showcase them almost like role models for people who are younger and um, who are, especially women or girls who are trying to get into STEM. So it's a very like inspiring podcast. We've had some really cool guests on and um, yeah, I basically do that as a job. And you're and the Canadian government is like, let's do this thing. Man, yeah. I I'm so frustrated by where I live right now. Anyway, well, the US government had some initiatives mm -hmm. with Barack Obama. But, you know, what gotta, happened to a lot of Barack wait. Obama's initiatives. <laughs> gotta wait for the election period, which is going to be a bloodbath. But we are but not luckily, talking about I politics. Still vote. <gasps> I God, always we need do. every person available, yeah. <laughs> please. Yeah, so I can't vote in Canada, so I might as well vote in the U.S. <laughs> you please do. Yeah, please for sure. do. Anyway, um, let's let's not make this political. But wow, you have <laughs> a lot going on. Like, and then you, you know, it doesn't always feel like a lot until I like talk, talk it about out, it? and then I'm like, oh. <laughs> It's just like amazing. Like, I, like 
I'm trying not to go back to those dishes because it's looming over me right now. I really, I really should do them at some point, but we're not going to talk about that. <laughs> let us, let us talk about other things, nicer things. Um, sure. Here's a fun question that I love sure. to, love to ask all of my guests. And it's a very telling question. I feel like it's very important. When was the first time you became aware of, as, of queer as a thing? Ooh, so... Uh, it's interesting that you use the word queer as, in particular because when I was in high school is kind of when I realized that I was attracted to men and women. And queer wasn't really a word that we were using at that time. Right. And LGBT wasn't even a word we were using at that time or right. like a term. So the actual idea of queerness is something that I only really learned about in the past like I want to say since I moved to Vancouver, which was 2011, um, sort of that idea of like reclaiming the word queer, I hadn't thought about prior to that, I think. Um, and then I moved to Vancouver, which is a super progressive place and a super LGBT friendly place. Um, and that's an amazing thing about it. And so I started hearing that term being used more often and I was like, okay, okay, I, ca I can, I can get behind this. And I wouldn't say that it's a term that I necessarily use for myself. I am one of those people who's like, I don't like labels, like <laughs> don't try to pigeonhole me, but I really don't. And so if somebody's like, what's your, what's your, like, you know, your, your label, I'm like, I guess pansexual, but really I just am like, eh, I just am me and I don't care what anybody's gender is, which I guess is pansexual, but like, um, I don't always want to call it that for some reason. So I don't know. Um, but it was in high school that I kind of realized I, I started sort of identifying as bisexual in high school. Um, and I was actually had quite a few people around me who said that that was okay, not necessarily at home. And that's a story that I don't necessarily want to get into. But when I was at mm -hmm. school, there was like a staff member, I went to a very alternative school and there was a staff member who was very out as bisexual. <gasps> and so, so when nice. I, yeah. And what's crazy is this little school that I went to so many of the kids have come out as somewhere on the queer spectrum. Um, and a good friend of mine that I went to school with and is now a staff member there is a trans man. And that's something that's only been happening. Like he's been transitioning for only a few years now. Um, and everybody's just totally accepting of that. And he's still oh, just like, that's you so know, nice to hear. It's, it's amazing. I love that school so much. And I, there aren't, this is all, this could be a whole other podcast, but, um, there aren't any schools like it up here in Canada, which makes me really sad, but, um, oh. yeah, but that was just sort of a, a, an environment where that was totally okay. And, um, yeah, it was great, but, um, don't really want to talk too much about my home life because I just don't want to like talk about my family too much in a public way, but I mean, home, I actually understand. Yeah. Like, be going through that at home was different it wasn't like like now my parents are amazing and they like totally 100% supported my you know relationship and my wedding oh, and like it's good. you know they love my spouse and like and it's it's great but in high school there was just a lot of stuff going on in my family anyway that didn't even have to do with my sexuality so it was like that was just one more thing that was just like too much <laughs> No, I, I completely understand. I completely yeah. understand. Yeah, 
but you know what? I've never really had people in my life telling me that how I identify is a bad thing or anything like that. So I'm feel very grateful and dare I say blessed and privileged to have that. Oh, I'm so, so. happy for you. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah. That's wonderful to hear. So another happy subject. How did you, how did you meet your spouse? You said that you, you guys went into a podcast together and then they took off to do bigger, better things. But like, how did, how did you yeah. guys meet? Well, we actually met, um, through a meetup group. I don't know if you know meetup.com. Uh, I've heard of it. I am okay. not social creature, so I don't use it. <laughs> well, it's a pretty great website if you're trying to meet new people in a new city or something like that, or try new activities. Cause there's like groups that are centered around all sorts of things. So I, um, actually found out about this group, which is called nerd HQ. So it's like nerd headquarters <laughs> and it's a group that's like, you know, they watch Doctor Who and Star Trek and Harry Potter and get together and watch movies or play board games or like all sorts of different things. And it's hosted at a cafe that uh, the owner is now my friend and he's the one who's like friends with the organizers of the meetup. And we're all just kind of like a friend group in this cafe. And, um, oh, nice. Uh, yeah, it's pretty great. And so that's how I met my partner. Um, I'm trying to remember how long ago it was that we actually like started becoming friends, but I want to say like our podcast started in 2015 and I want to say we'd been friends for like a year or maybe even two years before that. So been friends for quite a while before we started dating. I mean, that's how it starts usually. Ideally. I guess, I I guess that is ideally that's how it should start. Like I, I don't understand people who like get together and they're just okay I let me call myself out here and say I have very little dating experience like my wife got a hold of me and that was it um but I don't I I I still try to grasp myself around like dating culture like I try to understand it and then every time I like look into it I'm always like thank god I'm out of that yeah (laughs) like every time but it just it amazes you it amazes me how people can like come together with the intention of just being in a relationship like like just going out to find someone to date like I've never been able to accomplish that and I I don't know there's probably a long list of reasons why but yeah it's I agree dating is really hard and I'm watching a lot of my friends kind of go through that and they're if they're not finding somebody in their friend group or their social circles they're going online and doing online dating and I am not surprised that dating has moved into the internet world, so to speak, but I just don't know if it works. Like I know it works for some people, but the whole like, and it's not that different from like meeting somebody at the supermarket and not knowing that person and then going on dates. Like it's not that different, but it just is so much better when you have been friends with somebody first, because you really know them as a person. And absolutely, you know, it's harder to see red flags and stuff when you don't know somebody already as a person and you're just kind of going on dates to get to know them and then a lot of times especially people my age now are like you know I'm in my mid-30s and it's like everybody's like I want to settle down like people are just really rushing into things and I'm like uh (laughs) it's it's hard to watch 
and I and I have so many amazing friends who want to be in relationships and I'm like why can't you get into a relationship with anybody you're amazing like what is happening here like ah, it's so frustrating <laughs> I can't I can't even I, I can't even I'm, I'm <laughs> always happy that I've just met my wife and it just happened that we just yeah. decided to get together because same Jesus you know what let's talk about cats I always love talking about cats. I've never have a problem talking about cats. I I can talk about cats if you're oops. serious about talking about cats. I'm, I'll I'm talk about serious cats. about talking about cats. <laughs> this is queer lady podcast. What, what is a queer lady podcast without cats? Without cats? No, seriously. Well, I have two of them. <laughs> Tell me all about. Them. I don't. I don't have a whole farm, unfortunately. I kind of wish I did, but I, yeah, I I've mean... got two. <laughs> I wouldn't call it a farm. Maybe not. I, Maybe not. Like, I wouldn't call it a farm. It is okay. a lot of work. <laughs> yeah. Well, I have two cats that are already a lot of work on their own. But um, I have a senior kitty named Jack and a... How old is she? Oh, my God. Eight-year-old? Nine-year-old? Nine. Nine-year-old cat named Miu. Oh. <laughs> I, was, I always forget how old she is, but... Yeah, Jack is an old grumpy ginger, and Miu is a mostly black cat, and I rescued both of them, and Jack was actually, I was on some, like, forum, and this woman was like, I have kittens that I want to get rid of, and if nobody comes and gets them, I'm going to put them down, which I think was actually How her just- freaking rude. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I, I think it was her just trying to get people to come get them, but- um, At the expense yeah, so of herself. Jack... I wouldn't become friends with that lady after that. <laughs> No, I know, but Jack, he wasn't named Jack at the time, but he was, um, he had a brother and I didn't take the brother and I feel really bad about it, but, oh, well, I couldn't have more than one cat at the time. So I got Jack and he's always been there with me. You know, he's 15 and he's just been with me since he was six months old. So like, he's my, been my buddy. Um, he's moved around the actually continent with me. Well, the North America, moved around North America with me. And yeah, he's pretty great. He's loud and grumpy now, but I still love him. Uh, and Miu, I rescued in 2010. And so, yeah, that's so she's nine years old. And I saw her at the Humane Society and this was in Colorado. I went back to Colorado between my first degree and moving out to Vancouver. And I, they were doing like free cat day um because they were just overrun with cats and i saw her in her little like you know cubicle it was like a little glass cubicle thing and i just kind of fell in love with her and she was labeled as under socialized oh my and gosh. they had found her on some like super busy almost highway and they had managed to catch her and bring her in and i i don't know i just fell in love with her her big green eyes looking at me terrified oh my um, god <laughs> but you know her story is kind of interesting because I visited with her in a little room and she, it was like the bathing room and she like ran underneath the bath, which had like, it was like a good two feet from the ground to the bottom of the bath. So I was able to get under there and get her and she was like trembling. And then Aww. I was like, Oh, I'm living with my mom right now. So I have to kind of like see if it's okay with my mom that I bring another cat home. Um, and so I brought my mom back later the same day and we met with the cat in another room and Miu remembered me and so she like hid in my crotch she was like nice. ah, 
black people, I don't know. Um, and so I was like, you know what, I'm going to take her home. So my mom was fine with that. We took her home and they told us that she probably would hide for a good six weeks. And they were right. It was about six, six weeks that she... Six weeks? Mm-hmm. Oh my God. And they were like... Well, because she was under-socialized, you know, whatever that means. But that's one reason nobody was taking her was because they were like, oh, I want, like, a cat that's going to be cuddly or whatever. So They say that in... until it happens at 2 o'clock in the morning. Then they don't want a cuddly <laughs> cat. I know. Well, so I, she stayed in the guest room at my mom's house for about six weeks. And they actually told us, like, close the door, you know, put her food and her litter in there. So she just has, like, a safe space and she knows that it's safe. And then I think day after day of me coming in and scooping the litter box and feeding her, she finally was like, you know what? It, this is cool. You're my person. And so one day I was giving her food and she came and rubbed all over me, like came out from under the bed. <gasps> and I was like, yay. So it was like, I chose her, but then she chose me. Oh my you gosh. Know? It's a match made in heaven. <laughs> and like, it's funny because people are, you know, nobody wants to take home an under-socialized cat. And like, she does have some quirks and she has some, she's pretty skittish sometimes um she doesn't like to be pet for very long and she'll let you know oh yeah but she's really bonded to me and she really loves me and I really love her so like she's kind of my misunderstood cat <laughs> I love it I, I I'm love just cats. laughing because I'm like every cat has a story man <laughs> every cat does have a story I yeah. god I have too many stories now uh yeah but I have I have one cat that she has no reason to be under socialized like she was literally born here like we moved into this house and it turns out two cats were pregnant when we got here so oh. we, we we're not the kind of people that will kick animals out of their home because we we're a firm believer that if they were here first this is their home so, yeah so you know we we waited till the kittens were born and the kittens were born outside unfortunately so we had to like chase around these tiny kittens in this um our like four acres of land it was fantastic Oh, man. Um, and we were able to keep one of them for the first litter because, you know, we tried to give some away and yada yada. Yeah. And she has no reason to be under socialized. We've had her since she was literally born. You know, we've loved her, all this stuff. And she's just, you know, one of my guests once told me that animals make up rules for themselves. And after they said that, I, I believe in nothing but that because she obviously that's true. has her own rules, which is especially you know, cats. Yeah, which is that she she doesn't particularly want to be pet. She doesn't want you to acknowledge her when she's in any other room than our bedroom. Because apparently the bedroom is her safe space. She doesn't want anyone else Aww. to like acknowledge her. That She doesn't want people to look at her. And But when you get into bed, then she'll be like, oh my god, you're here finally. Love on me. Like she'll just immediately turn <laughs> on a dime and she becomes the most affectionate creature who just... She also can't go outside yeah. because she, like, has panic attacks. And so we're just like, is she... Oh, no. We call her our Down Syndrome kitty because we're actually pretty sure she has Down Syndrome. But we're not we're not Interesting. Sure. But she, she Aww, has but she all of these so sweet. She is so sweet. We have so many different names for her. Like, uh, like do you do you also do the thing where you your cat has a name, but then there's, like, a gazillion other nicknames that you call oh, them as sure. well? Um, we also sing to our animals like Aww. crazy so we all we have songs for everybody um i was gonna say i also have a dog who we rescued well she's from taiwan but we rescued wow. her from an organization that like flew her to vancouver what? um what? and so what are the logistics of that what are the lo uh, like that flight's like what 20 hours it was pretty long but um they basically just uh 
dropped her at the airport and we picked her up. So there was a, a person from the organization here and then there's a person from the organization in Taiwan. Um, and so the person here met up with us at the airport and she was shipped over with two other dogs um, that she was fostered with. And yeah, we went and picked her up and she's been amazing. Like we really lucked out. She's super docile and calm, but cuddly and fun and like really well behaved and, you know, quirky, but ah, we just love her so much. Um, yeah. And her name is Yoshi. Oh, of course. You can't have anything from over there and not call it Yoshi. That's that's against the rules. <laughs> but we actually um, were guests on the podcast uh, Pups and Pop Culture, which is another oh, yeah? Lady Pod Squad podcast. And um, we talked all about Yoshi for like an hour. <laughs> Man, I keep forgetting to mention the Lady Pod Squad. I don't know what's wrong with me. Um, that's okay. I guess we can practice our spiel together since we're both in the group. That's actually go. how we met. Was that um, I joined a group of so many fantastic and knowledgeable women who have joined together, you know, with the common love of podcasts. And we, like, help each other out. We, like, promote each other. It's it's a fantastic group. I've, like, learned so much. And we much. go in there and we go, I need a guest who wants to be on. <laughs> exactly. And I was like, yeah, you. Yeah, really fun. I was, oh, well, actually, you came to me and you were like, hey. <laughs> yeah. So that was that was fun. This has been in the making for months. Nobody needs to know this information, but it's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can cut that out if you want to. No, it doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> Basically, we're both just like professional women who are hard to pin down. Super, super. Because we're so important. <laughs> I mean, you were very hard to pin down because oh my gosh, I'm okay. sorry, three podcasts, and then there was school, and then there was there was wedding plans, and then there was like a gazillion other oh, things. And I, I don't got understand. Really sick. Oh my I got God. very sick, and I was like, I am coughing every other breath that I take. I don't think you want to edit that out of your podcast. It was bad. I mean, I could have tried. I would have gotten my skills, like, way up there. You know what? The big leaks. I actually recorded a couple podcast episodes on the various podcasts that I'm on, and it was a lot of, like, editing out my coughing. It was so bad. So you, you wouldn't have wanted to deal with that. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That would have been quite the experience, but I'm super glad that you're here now. I mean, that's Thank fantastic. You. I'm so I am happy. too. Okay, just for a time check, how are we looking on time? <laughs> um, I probably have a good... 20 minutes, tw maybe? Well, 12 minutes. minutes. That's cool. That's cool. I, ha I have to go and pack it myself in the office and get the dog to the car and then drive. To the yeah. You're, you're <laughs> able to have your dog in the office with you? Yeah. You work in heaven. I'm sorry. I'm sure there are <laughs> well, trials to your daily grind, but like you're able to have your animal with you, man. <laughs> I don't take her that often because parking up here is ridiculous. Um, I believe it. But I do work from home once in a while as well. So when that's the case, then she's just at home with me. I but you know what? Working at home is really hard. It, like, it is. I, it's so hard to be focused. Like, I work at home maybe two or three days out of the week, maybe four if I'm feeling cheeky about it. Um, <laughs> but, like, when I'm at home, it's it's so hard to focus because all of the animals are like, oh, you're here for us now. And I'm like, no. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so, I know that you are a very busy woman and you have a very busy <laughs> schedule. So, we'll just hop on to our guest-to-guest -guest question. 
Uh, I, I am so nervous and excited about this. <laughs> I hope you are prepared. Oh, yes. Oh, I was, I, the other thing is that I've, uh-huh. <laughs> I've been learning American Sign Language. <laughs> what? Because, you know, that's just one more Madam, thing to add. Next, and, time, uh, next time I go for gas, I'm be like, send me your resume. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seriously. No, but I like, um, I was going to say, I talk with my hands a lot anyway. So I find it actually really easy to do, to learn sign language because I'm like, I use my hands anyway all the time. Oh my kind of gosh. Funny. You have so much going on. Like I, you know what? We'll save the guest guest <sighs> question because this is. It's pretty ridiculous. We'll, we'll save it for like a, a, in a couple of minutes. Cause I just have to ask you what, what have you always had such a pursuit for knowledge? Like, has that always been your like number one passion is learning and just pushing yourself? Maybe. I don't know. I, like I said, I went to this alternative school and um, there's a bunch of schools like it around the world, but it's sort of the idea that kids can have their own schedules and it's very self-driven and you create your own classes and it's like, Oh my God. And so when I was there, I realized, Oh my God, I'm so interested in so many things. And so I just pursued lots of things and it was like, okay, I'm done with this thing. It's okay. I'm going to drop it now and move on to this thing. Um, so I think I've just always been somebody who is like, I want to learn things and I'm going to learn them until I don't want to learn them anymore. And some things have stuck around and some things haven't. And that's just the way I am. But, um, I really like languages. And so sign language, you know, is a language. And so I just find it fascinating. I find it really cool and Um, it's amazing. You start to get to know people who are deaf and you're like, people have this weird misconception that people who are deaf, like live in a bubble or like must be disabled and must like have a harder life. But they're like so many people who are deaf thrive and like, they have this amazing like culture, this deaf culture that is different than if you're a hearing person, you know, and it's like, it's really fascinating. So I would love to get into that. I would love to get into that. I started learning well I started I did a little bit in high school but then I discovered here in Vancouver there's an organization called queer ASL and it's for people who are queer or allies who want to learn and it's you know an environment where that's you can be whoever you want to be or whoever you are um, and learn ASL and you learn like ways to do gender neutral signs and like it's just really cool so oh my gosh um, I didn't even think about that that is, wow, that's that's a whole new level there. I didn't even think about that for a second, that there yeah, might wouldn't. be. Oh, gosh. Yeah, it's not something that you would necessarily, like, think of. But when I heard about it, I was like, um, yes, please. And so I have made friends with my teacher, and we're actually going to hang out on Saturday and hopefully practice, obviously, because she's deaf. I'm not going to, like... I'm going to be practicing my ASL with her. <laughs> uh, and yeah, it's really cool. It's, it's been really fun. So I guess another question I would have since you've moved around so much, are you able to see the differences on how people treat queer people depending on where you live? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, I have the privilege of being, you know, a white person. Let's just put that out there right now. And so for me, like, I haven't had a lot of homophobia towards me or, um, you know, and living in Vancouver, I'm also really privileged to live in Vancouver, which is not an easy place to live in. It's very expensive here. And my partner and I are moving, actually, because it's so expensive. Um, But we, 
rarely have any, except for maybe like a sidelong glance or like a mm, curious about those people over there. And also my, my, my partner is trans, uh, female to male and is starting to pass really well now. So people don't even really look at us differently now either because they're kind of just like, that's a heterosexual couple. They don't even think about it, which is another thing. Passing privilege is totally a thing. And so I feel like for me, I'm always in these situations where things are pretty good. Um, I cannot speak to being somebody who's not white and queer, you know, like I, I don't want to try to speak for them, but I think that if you, first of all, are one thing, let's say queer, then you add being a woman, then you add being a person of color, then you add something like being disabled, then you add something like being living in poverty. I mean, that's going to be hard no matter where you are. Um, but I do think that in the United States, being somebody who is from the United States and now kind of watches the United States from a distance, I see that that is an extremely hard challenge for people, especially right now in the U.S. It's, it's bananas what is going on down there. Oh my God. And Canada is not it. perfect. Canada has so many things to be critical of. But do tell, make me feel a little bit better about the situation out here. <laughs> well, I'm kidding. Well, if I mean, if you are an indigenous person in Canada, oh, good luck. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's uh, it's crazy because Canada is so multicultural. We have people from so many countries and so many backgrounds. And we have this idea that like in Canada, people can come together and live in harmony with all those different backgrounds, which I do think is mostly true. But What's really messed up is if you're indigenous, if you're like descended from the people who were on this land before white settlers got here, you're treated like crap. (laughs) And it's not necessarily like, you know, you walking down the street and people being racist for you, which of course happens, but it's just the systems that have been set up here um, do not benefit people who are not white and especially who are indigenous. And so that's a really big problem here in Canada. So people are like, there's no racism in Canada. <laughs> Ridiculous. That is BS. <laughs> any, any place um, that's like, there's no racism here, I'm like, you're a liar somewhere. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know if people actually say that or believe that, but I think that there's this idea that Canada is like more of a happy utopia than the U.S. is. And I'm like, Ooh, we've got a lot of really good things going for us up here, but... Oh, <laughs> yeah. Um, every place has its problems. It's true. But I mean, I will say Canada, you know, my partner and I were able to get married. No problem. There was no question. Like, um, even though my partner's transitioning our, you know, application for a marriage certificate, we had female, female there. And that was no problem because it's legal and it's been legal here since like 2000. <sighs> and it's like, it's just, you know, it's not hard to get married here if you're a same-sex couple, you know, and that's amazing. How nice is that? It's very nice. (laughs) (laughs) I have to say. Oh, gosh. We got got into some good stuff right just then. That was good stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I guess guess one thing I'll say is that it's just all of these things are really nuanced, right? So it's not black or white. Um, It's not easy in any of these topics. It's like there's always lots of different dimensions to things. And so... Yeah, that's good to hear. That's good to hear because that me being from small town Texas, where I have <laughs> not, I, I have traveled. I have been places, but not never long enough to like really 
absorb the culture and it's always been the outsider looking in kind of thing. And yeah. for, there's just, sometimes I reflect on how Americans think. Like the, uh-huh. the unfortunateness that we like make America its own bubble where we're the best and worst place at the same fucking time. Um, <laughs> so true. And it's, it's just like sometimes people will talk about how bad the racism is here. And it's like, you do realize I'm not excusing it at all. But there are other countries, they're also very racist. Like, yes. it's it's something that we all collectively need to work on. So, oh, for sure. Across the board. Across absolutely. The board. It, yeah. Every, every aspect of everything needs to be worked on. It's not a single... As two white women talking about racism yeah. right now. Anyway, yeah. just... I'd actually really love to travel to some countries where I am the minority. I'd really like for that to happen because I feel like I could learn so much about myself and also learn so much about whatever culture I'm in. Um, like, I really want to go to Asia. I've always wanted to visit various countries in Asia. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to be in the minority there. And that is fine. <laughs> I'd be, okay I'd be with that. more scared <laughs> of, of the places that don't like queer people. But Well, that's true. You have to be a little choosy about where you go. <laughs> but, yeah, um, or you go someplace, and if you go with your partner, you just don't show any affection. <laughs> Uh, we've had this conversation many times my partner and i (laughs) goodness where are you guys going for your honeymoon we're planning on mexico and we're thinking about puerto vallarta because apparently it's actually very lgbt friendly there in puerto vallarta i don't know i wouldn't listeners you can uh email erica and tell (laughs) (laughs) yes dm me i'll slip i'll slip for the dms let her know like if it's good or not because i totally regardless of how close to mexico i actually am i don't think i've ever actually been to mexico and that's probably because my spanish is horrible and i'm not i'm not one of the people that are like you need to speak english like no i won't i will not ask anyone ever to speak english i'll just i'd be unable to communicate my Spanish I totally is, agree with you. is awful. I mean, you we know. We want to go to a resort. And the reason we want to go to a resort is just because we've never done it. Like, we just want to go and, like, lie on a beach for a week. That's that's it. But that I actually really so would love fun. to go back to Mexico and go to actual little towns and, like, see how the locals live and do all that stuff. But for one time, I just want to go to the beach. <laughs> I, I agree with you. I yeah. agree. As someone who has not done that, I think it's a better option. <laughs> I know I've never done it. And I'm like, I just want to, uh, you, like you were saying, I'm very busy. I have a lot going on. I want to just lie around. <laughs> I believe it. You sound like you need rest. You sound like you need a whole month of just like paid time off. Just go, go uh, on. That would go be on amazing. with your bad self. But I will say that even though I am super busy, I'm doing pretty well. And I'm somebody who, this is another thing we haven't even covered is I, I struggle with mental health issues, you know, and, um, but I'm figuring it out, you know, and, you are a legend. I'm sorry. Oh, I don't think I anybody's just, ever said that to me. I just, well, here's, you need to be told this more often. You are doing a lot. You are doing what you can to live your best life regardless of what is being held against you. And you're doing a damn good job from this side of the mic. Let me just tell you that right now. Oh, my God. That's like the nicest thing anybody said to me in a really long time. That's unfortunate. You need to tell your spouse to step up. I mean, what? No, that's... Besides my spouse. My spouse okay, you're right, you're right. Let's be real. Spouses don't count. They'll tell you anything and everything. They'll be like, it's okay, honey. You did a great job when you really just fall on your face. Yeah. They're like, but, well, at least, you know, you learned from it and you tried. <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, it's like you're you're doing yeah. your best, hon. You're fine. Yeah. 
Exactly. And I say that to my spouse too, because I have to like, Absolutely. <laughs> you have to be there for your person Absolutely. or your people, depending on who we're talking about here. Exactly. You have to be there for them. Yes. Yeah. yeah. God, who else is going to be? Yeah. That got grim really Truth. fast. Deep. <laughs> deep. That's, that's the whole podcast. Hashtag deep. Um, gosh, yep. I forgot. Okay, done. Bye. <laughs> I completely forgot what else I was going to ask you. So we're just going to skip over till the guest to guest question because otherwise we'll get onto something else. And then, and then you'll be hanging up on me because you have to go home to cook dinner or something. No, I would never do that. Oh, thank you. I would never do that. But uh, thank I you. I'm fragile. Aww. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> what I was trying to say before. Our last guest was um, actually the host of Near and Queer to My Heart, where she. Um, she interviews performers like comedians or drag queens or people who go up on stage and tell their stories. Um, they, she actually help runs this thing in uh, Louisiana that's called Queer Mountain, where it's just a stand-up comedian show for queer people to come up and tell their stories and tell sets and stuff like that. I think it like it's like in so many different places right now. Apparently, of like it's that's Cal- so it's in California. Fun. It started in Austin, Texas. Um, they have some one in New York. I mean, they're going like they're going places. Ah, like, I was surprised I by that. I love that. Yeah, I'm hoping she puts them on YouTube this, one this day. Definitely makes me want to go find this podcast, which I will. Absolutely. <laughs> when we are she'll done, she'll love it. She'll love it. She's she's such a sweet girl. Anyway, her question was to you: uh, If you wrote an autobiography, what would be the title? <laughs> Okay, so this was the yeah thing you were saying was in Slack the other day. Oh, I actually didn't answer this question on Slack because I could not think of anything. Oh no, but, I'm just putting you on the but, spot right here. No, that's okay. My nephew and I were talking the other day. He's like 27, so he's not like really young or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can't remember what he said, but he had a really good one. Oh shoot! Take your time. I wish he had. I wish he had said it in a text because then I could go look it up again. But he said it verbally, and I was like, "That is so me." You know, I can't remember it. Oh no! It was something like travels the world with cats. Oh my god! Yes, an autobiography of Vanessa or something like that. It was it was something about my cats and moving around the world because I like to do that. I would also <laughs> like to know how you accomplish that because like traveling with cats is so stressful. <laughs> Oh, it is. I mean, I'm already worrying about how we're going to, we're moving to Edmonton, which is in Alberta and just one province over, but I'm already worried about how we're going to get the cats there. Especially like, like has no big deal, but like your, your, um, low socialized kitty, has she moved around before with you? Yes. So she, she moved from Colorado to Vancouver and then she's moved within Vancouver a few times and she's okay. And my older kitty is like, no big deal. <laughs> like he'll meow, you know, in the car or in his little carrier, but he's not going to like freak out. He's, he's not like scared of the car or anything. So. Did you guys drive from, okay. from Colorado to Canada? Uh, I did with my mom. I hadn't met my partner yet. Um, and my mom helped me move out here. And my partner is actually from Ottawa, um, which is the capital of Canada. I honestly uh, don't know where anything is. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's fine. And Canada is huge. It's like geographically even bigger than the U.S. So I believe I think. So um, Ontario is where Ottawa is, and Ontario is a huge province, and it's like further towards the East Coast, kind of, sort of. 
it's more like it's like it's like north of like Michigan and New York. Right. Right. Okay. Yeah. I got, I got yeah. an idea now. Yeah. 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 Um, so yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I think that the 12 hour drive over to Edmonton will be okay. It's better than a few days. 12 like coming from Colorado. hours. Gosh. Yeah. But Colorado is like 23 hours to Vancouver. So. <laughs> yeah. I remember. I remember that drive. I took a drive yeah. once from, <laughs> from, Dallas, Texas, all the way up to Niagara Falls, and that was uh, that was long. that was like twenty three hours, and I went that there. Far. I went there to get a dog, so I oh, feel the, really? I feel the pain. Yeah, because because my my wife actually when we when we met, she was actually in Canada at the time. Oh, okay. She was she was visiting friends up there, and you know we started chatting, we started talking. She wanted to come visit. She came to visit. Oh, it was game over. She did, we fell in love. Oh. And then we had to go get her dog, which was in Canada, because they wouldn't let her take it over the border. It, it was, I think it was because, um, oh, there was a lot of crazy back and forth, because she had to go to England first, and she had to come to the U.S., so she couldn't bring the dog to England, because mm. they wouldn't let him ride in the coach with her. Like, oh, okay. he had to be, like, in, in the back with all the luggage, and she was like, I'm not doing that to him. So mm. then when she came over, we had to drive all the way up to Canada to get him. <laughs> <laughs> and drive all the way back and the things we will do for our animals i know right and now that dog has chosen me as his person so i guess oh. i earned it <laughs> oh is... i hope your wife isn't too upset about that oh she is very upset she never lets me live it down she's like <laughs> oh, you're no. his person now oh of course he's like oh. a long-haired chihuahua so they only have really one person and... oh yeah oh, they're I pretty love, I love him attached to, death. to their owners oh my god i love him to death but jesus help me <laughs> oh take the wheel anyway oh that's funny anyway yeah so autobiography um something about globe trotting with cats that's and a dog probably now. the best answer <laughs> i could have ever heard in my life globe trotting globe trotting with cats um colon an autobiography by vanessa hennessy oh my god i would go. read that book I, would, <laughs> so would I. I, would, I mean there's so much there's so much in your life going on. I guess that would be incredibly hard to like pin it down as to, you know, what it I is. thought about writing a memoir and I was like, I don't even know what it would include and what I wouldn't include, where I would start, where I would end. <laughs> like do people who write autobiographies like have like an editor who comes in and says, okay, you don't have to add this part of your life. Oh, I'm sure Cause, they do. Cause I mean, but people, <laughs> some people write multiple autobiographies cause they just have so much going on. That's like true. I'm sure, I'm sure that is a thing. Like, and then, you know, they finish one of them and then they have a few more years of living and then they're like, well, dang, all this other stuff happened. Now I have to put that in there. So they write a new one. Like I'm trying to think I of any kind of, I'm trying to think of any kind of pop culture reference that I could make that could make this funny, but I'm sure there has been a lot of actors out there who have done that, who've run multiple oh, sure. autobiographies and like, there's always stuff that you skip, you know, there's always stuff that you will like go around or like vaguely I mention say, and you'll go back and I've like, been listening to a really interesting podcast called missing richard Sim simmons i don't know if you know the story of richard simmons but apparently he hasn't been seen in public in like four years or something and he wrote multiple books apparently so hasn't been seen in public in four years or how more do you, how do you accomplish that it's a very good question that's what this podcast is trying to answer it's interesting i'm trying to decide if it's legit journalism or i'm saying this live now hmm. uh legit Fair. journalism or a 
an excuse to stalk somebody. But the person who's oh. making the podcast was friends with Richard Simmons. So it's not like he's like coming totally out of the blue trying to find him, but it's still kind of like maybe he never wants to be found. Maybe he wants to just live his very, very quiet life now. Like maybe leave him alone. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out who Richard Simmons is. Oh, he was that that fitness guy. He was really big in like the 80s and 90s. With we're like not, the we're not frizzy about... red hair. I literally was just thinking about Carrot Top, and I'm like, those are two different people. No, but similar. <laughs> right. <laughs> looking. Right. Similar looking. Yeah. Um, okay, I, I have in my head who we're talking about now. And you know yeah. what? If I I would not want to be seen again either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know. He seemed like um, an interesting character, and it apparently was very strange that he suddenly kind of dropped off the face of the earth, so. That kind of happens to go. people. That kind of happens to people. Yeah. So what will be your question for our next guest? Uh, so I was thinking about this, and tell me if this has been done before, and if it has, I'll try to think of something else. But my question was, if you could tell your 12-year-old self anything, what would you tell them? I definitely has not been said yet, and I'm really happy oh, you brought that up. Uh, would you okay, like good. to answer your own question? Ooh, um, I didn't think that you were going to ask me to. Oh, no. Huh, let's see. No, that's fine. Let me just think. What was I doing when I was 12? Okay, here's what I would tell my 12-year-old self. Don't worry so much about <laughs> boys. Huh. Because at that time, I was kind of boy crazy. I hadn't realized that I also was attracted to girls. Though it wasn't that soon afterwards that I figured it out. But um, I would say... You know, there's no knight in shining armor. You got to be your own knight in shining armor. And don't worry so much about crushes and being in love and all that stuff because it's going to happen naturally, hopefully. And it did for me. And hopefully. You say hopefully, hopefully as if you're not already I mean, married. <laughs> no, but I mean, like, I, if I were to say this to any other 12-year-old that's not myself, in the past <laughs> I'd be right. like hopefully it happens for you but um no I mean like it happened naturally for me so don't worry about it so much like there's so many more things that are important so nice yeah I don't know why I was so boy crazy but I really was I mean I think it's I you know what I can't I can't speak for you because I was I was never boy crazy <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Uh, I was and never then... boy crazy and that was my concern was why wasn't I boy crazy I think I think if I had to tell anything to my 12-year-old self, it would be, A, brush your damn teeth, for the love of God. <laughs> and, and also, um, you know, you're going to have a dream at one point about two girls kissing, and you know, that's okay. <laughs> what a probably... Yeah, that's a good thing to tell what a, your 12-year-old self. Yeah, that, exactly. Just be like, it's okay if you have that dream. It's fine. There's nothing wrong with you. Don't listen to your mother. You're fine. Yeah, right? Ugh. It's kind of crazy, like, I don't know, 12-year-old, I'm sure even today, just don't have it easy. Like, teenagers are like, I guess you're not really quite a teenager when you're 12, but I feel like teenagers always kind of, like, think that everything is so horrible. But, like, when you're in that frame of mind, it is. Like, it is. Like, when you talk to 12-year-olds or 13-year-olds or 14-year-olds who are like, everything is awful, it's like... You're sitting there going, as an older person, going, is it really? But I then mean, you put yourself wait. back in the mindset of being 14, and you're like, oh, yeah, it really did feel like everything was awful back then. Like, you kind of have to cut them some slack because their teenage brains are 
doing the teenage thing. <laughs> Not an easy time. So. I mean, they can't predict the future. Like, I still can't answer those questions where it's like, where will you see yourself in five years? I'm like, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. know. <laughs> Why are you asking me that? I mean, <laughs> Every time that question comes up, I'm just filled with dread. And I'm just like, just make up something. Just make up something. Yeah. But yeah. Something that sounds that sounds okay. Yeah. Something that doesn't sound like I'm just going with the flow. <laughs> Though you but could yeah. also be like, you know what? I'm going with the flow. We'll see. <laughs> Man, I'm sure they love those questions. They're like, well, we're looking for yeah. people with ambition. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway. Well, I'm looking at the time and I should probably get going. That's, I'm sorry. That's literally what I just thought. So where can people find you? Do all the plugs. Do the things. <laughs> I'm like, which one do I do first? So the X-Files Hobby Podcast is not another X-Files podcast podcast. And you can find it if you basically go into Google and type in not another XF pod, you'll find it. Um, the other hobby podcast that I have is the multipod M U L T I P O D. And you can also find it by Googling as far as I know. Um, and I have my own website, which is creating space. Oh shoot. Creating space.co. I was like, is it creating space comms? No, it's creating space.co. Like, yeah. how did you get the Theo to work? Like, uh, is that a new thing? Dot, well, creatingspace.com was taken. <laughs> nice, Theo. Yeah. Gosh. So Theo was, was available, and I was like, that looks good. Um, oh, Co. Yeah. Like, I thought you were saying Theo, like like a name. No, and I was like, sorry. wow, that's so much fun. <laughs> that would be cool. But no, dot .co, like, like company? I don't actually know what dot Theo co. stands for. Okay. Yeah, Co. Exactly. Yeah. What do you do on that website? Oh, God, you need to go. If we keep this up, I'm going to keep you here forever. <laughs> I'm really sorry. Well, the website just basically talks a little bit about my business, and you can, like, click on it and send me an email sort of thing. So, oh, gosh, yeah. I forgot to ask like, you there's... what you do for your business. I'm a terrible, snoopy no, person. Okay. I mentioned it in my introduction. I said something about how I edit podcasts and produce podcasts. And yeah, that's a lot of what I do. So, God, it must be hard listening to other podcasts that don't have great sound quality, i.e. mine earlier. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, Before I, I made changes to it. It doesn't, like, really bother me that much, but I do know when you are doing a podcast, especially that's going to be, like, representing your business, that is something that people are pickier. They're pickier about sound. So I'm happy to say that I've been able to really figure out sound quality with my clients for the most part. Um and make it so that they have really good sound. So that's nice. That is amazing. That's a great skill. Yeah. Coming from yeah. someone who like floats around in this space. Uh, that's a fantastic <laughs> skill. But you know what? At the same time, something that I love about podcasting is the fact that anybody can just like record themselves on their phone or like record themselves on their computer or have a really fancy recording system if they want to and just get their voice out there. Like it's so easy and accessible and there's really low barriers to entry and that's something that absolutely I love so just do whatever you want like record your voice however you want to and get it out there 
<laughs> Absolutely. I love the freedom that it brings. And we can go on this subject forever. We could, yeah. And I'm like, I'm I'm just trying to think of your spouse right now probably being hungry at home and that you need to go get yeah. your groceries. Um, so I probably should. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on. Um, you're welcome to come back at any time. If you have anything crazy going on or something you want to talk about, just hit me up. Say, hey, I got something to talk about and we can just pencil you in it's whatever that would be fun we'll stay in touch about that absolutely and if there's anybody else that's like hey i want to get my story out there i want to get my stuff out there i am open for recommendations i i have a few ideas and maybe i'll i'll tell them about your podcast and they can reach out to you nice i'm always open for talking to people so thank you so much for penciling us in and being able to talk with us thank you so much for having me on Absolutely. And I hope you have a very wonderful day.